oh, there's a class of 2025 five-star shooting guard, and Carolina's his dream school? This kid needs to be a Tar Heel yesterday. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Friday, July 28th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you so much for joining us. Really, it means so much that you tune in with us day in and day out. Although, if you're not an everyday or if you're a newcomer or a visitor, welcome in. Why don't you come on in? The water is fine. Folks, want to let you know one thing right off the bat. I'm going to be gone on vacation next week to Mexico with my family. Just a little bit of a breather before we just hit it into high gear for the fall. However, I have already recorded for you all five episodes for next week, and it's going to be a fun week. Monday through Wednesday is a series of a top 10 countdown of what I thought were the most impactful moments in Carolina athletics from the 2022-23 season. And then Thursday, Coach Pat Kilby and I do another roster preview. This one will be Harrison Ingram. And then on Friday, Pat Kilby's on again with me. We're doing a summer pickup basketball, like dream draft and who you would pick. Make sure you tune in for all of that. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to see it. But all that to say also, if there's breaking news and I'm not covering it, that's why. And I'll catch it when I get back. We all got to unplug sometimes. And this is the week for me. Can't wait to be right back with you after that, though. All right. Let's get right into today's show. I said it off the top, but we're t- the guy I'm talking about, his name is Isaiah Harwell. If you've been with the show for quite some time, you know that we actually talked about him when he received an offer from North Carolina back essentially 10 months ago, September 27th of last year. And so we talked about him then, but we really haven't talked about him since just because there hasn't been much reason to, but currently is one of, I've got it all right in my head, seven scholarships that Coach Davis has offered in the class of 2025, which by the way, are the rising juniors. For reference, for those of you who might not be aware of who Harwell is or, you know, his kind of bio and any of that, he's 6'5", 190 shooting guard. Big time. You love to see that. Is at Wasatch Academy or Wasatch, I don't know how to say it, W-A-S-A-T-C-H Academy, which is in Utah, and he's from Idaho, a neck of the woods uh, that is not always familiar for the Tar Heels, ranked extremely high at the four main recruiting sites. He's seventh at 247, nine at Rivals, 11 at on three, and 12 at ESPN. So high, high level, five star shooting guard. This summer, he played on the Adidas circuit, played up a grade, and helped lead his Utah prospects team to the 17 under championships. Also, he won a gold with USA basketball's 16 and under team at the FIBA Americas Championships. So this dude is a winner, a player, a stud, an absolute dude. Now, earlier this week, he updated his recruiting, kind of where things are at right now, in an interview with On3's Jamie Shaw. And so let me just give you a couple of the highlights of that, and then I just want to make a couple observations about Isaiah Harwell. He doesn't have any official visits set up yet, although he says schools are in contact and he's building relationships with them. 
on the day that Shaw was watching him play and then talking to him, Carolina, along with Houston, Kansas, and Kentucky were all in attendance. So just a few schools nobody's ever heard of. No, seriously, everyone's in on this guy because he's high level, great kid from everything I've learned. In the article, here's kind of the, the point that everyone's sticking on and landing on and why we're talking about Harwell again right now. He said... To Jamie Shaw, quote, that's been my dream school growing up. Hmm. I took an unofficial visit there. I love Coach Davis. Talking with them, we've built a good relationship. He's a nice guy and wants the best for me, end quote. So again, no official visits yet, but if you didn't remember, he has been to North Carolina to visit campus, and he says it is a dream school for him as he was growing up. In terms of kind of what Harwell's been working on, kind of additions to his game right now, he said of himself, quote, my pace has improved. The game is slowing down a lot for me now, end quote. I love to hear that particularly, I mean, from any player, but particularly from a guard who you want them to be. Remember what Cole Anthony said about Elliot Cadeau when he first came to campus, that he was just going at warp speed and needed to learn how to use first gear and fifth gear and everything in between. That's some of what Harwell is referencing here is his uh, not only ability, but desire and willingness to play at different speeds and, and utilize that for his own good. But to hear him say the game is slowing down for me, that that's something I'm always wanting to hear from an athlete. It's not being overwhelmed by the moment or what's going on, but the, you have done it enough where you're able to think on the fly in a healthy and good way. So I love to hear that from uh, a young man. So I, I want to talk about though this quote where he says, that's my dream school. It's this thing where I feel like it's often thrown around. And to tell you the truth, a lot of times I just don't put much stock in it. I feel like it's a thing a lot of recruits or potential recruits say to make a fan base happy. And obviously you can't go around throwing it around to everyone or people are going to call you out. Well, you just said that about UCLA. Why are you now saying that about Louisville, right? That they, how are Louisville and UCLA, both your dream school? That can't be a thing. So you got to be careful. Um, and, and sometimes there is a story behind it of like why a young man or young woman, if it's coach Banghart's team really uh, does truly have a story behind it, that they love a school. For example, we've talked yesterday's show about Nico Bundalo and how there was the story with his mom in Chicago and Michael Jordan connection and all that, making it where he just loved the Tar Heels from growing up watching Jordan and all those connections. So you hear that and it's like, yeah, I get that. But when somebody just says, hey, that's my dream school and it's not backed up by anything, I'm often like, yeah, okay, cool, right? Like you just kind of shrug your shoulders. But to be fair, I haven't seen Isaiah Harwell say this about any other school. And has unofficially been to North Carolina. And so regardless of how much weight it's my dream school has, Coach Davis has to have some leg up on the competition because of that. And because this guy is a five-star, six-five shooting guard, you got to take advantage of that. Because let's be honest, for me, I just don't feel like Carolina for quite a while has had like tip-top elite shooting guard at that position. Somebody that's just filling it up, that has that requisite height, right? Like it, if Elliot's playing the one and RJ the two the majority of this year, RJ is going to be a big-time shooter at that two, shooting guard position. 
but he ain't six five, right? And so whether whether it's not as good a shooter or not as much size positionally, Carolina just feels like we haven't had that combination. And so somebody like Isaiah Harwell, man, fills that role perfectly. And if Carolina really is his dream school and it's not just something he's saying, you got to put everything you can into getting this dude. You got to capitalize on that if it truly matters to him what he's saying there. Also, kind of fun thing, I went back through and looked like fine-tooth comb, went through Carolina's all-time roster, and there, unless I'm just missing somebody, there is nobody from the state of Idaho or somebody even from Utah, even though it's not his home state. And so it uh, would be cool and a unique thing there. And so I, I say, let's be all in on Isaiah Harwell. Go get him. Make him part of the 2025 class for the Tar Heels. And obviously, they're going to have to fight off all the other big-time suitors as well. So it's not an easy thing. But again, if the Heels are his dream school, Hubert can't strike out on this recruiting game. As a reminder, Carolina has offered a couple of other guards in 2025. That's Darren Peterson, another five-star high elite, like top 10 type player in the class. And he's from Ohio. And then also Caden Boozer, who is Cam Boozer's twin. Cam is the one that's like the consensus one or two right up there with Cooper Flag. And then Caden is, I mean, a four-star. He's a highly recruited um, young man in his own right, just not the level of his twin brother. So that's kind of the, the look at who all Carolina has offered in the backcourt as of right now in the class of 2025. So there you go. Back-to-back days, we're looking at guys who say they want to come be Tar Heels. And once again, that's who Hubert Davis wants. So hopefully that's who Hubert Davis will go get. Now, for the second day in a row, I'm working at defending Drake May against a, a competition that I just don't understand. I don't understand why Drake May gets any kind of not top tier anything and that's happening again from my own fellow host here at the locked on network this time so i'm gonna have to defend the honor of our quarterback i'm gonna do that in just a minute but first this episode of locked on tar heels is brought to you by linkedin these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you've got to check out LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you have access to uh, the right people for your team faster and for free. And it's super easy to create a free job post. And then you just add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to spread the word to everyone that you're hiring. And then you can use LinkedIn simple tools like screening questions to make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skill set and experience so you can quickly prioritize the candidates that you want to interview and then ultimately hire. Beyond that, let's be honest, the right team member can have a measurable and positive impact on your business. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering the quality hires against the leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I want to thank you again, especially you everydayers for tuning in with us to today's show. So I, I was joking about it, but 
seriously, you, you everydayers who were with us yesterday know that on the show, Brian Smith and I had a conversation. Brian Smith, who is Locked On's football recruiting insider, talking about Drake May versus USC quarterback Caleb Williams. And there, there's all this conversation where I've, I've seen all sorts of people just make the assumption that Caleb Williams is the clear and away front one runner as the number one quarterback in the nation, as the Heisman favorite heading into the season, as clearly the guy to go higher than Drake May in the draft. And while you might have the debate and then land on that, I can get behind that. But to just say Caleb Williams is clearly heads and shoulders above Drake May, that is beyond ridiculous to me and now there's more drake slander i gotta deal with no i won't stand for it so here's where we're at several weeks ago i shared with you the first in kind of a compilation of some poll voting that my fellow acc locked on hosts and i did ahead of the football season several i think there were nine total topics we voted on and the majority of them are football related, but the one I shared is where the each ACC program is at in basketball. Right now, Carolina came in third behind Duke and Miami. And again, this was a snapshot in time as of right now. But this voting is the ACC top five projected starting quarterbacks um, that, that you're going to see. I'm actually going to put up the graphic of it right now. I've, I've got the whole list of quarterbacks, but I don't even want to talk about it because all I can see is that the name Drake May is not beside number one. What is, what name is? It's Jordan Travis from Florida State. And so that top five, as voted on by my fellow Locked On ACC hosts, Jordan Travis from Florida State, number one starting quarterback in the ACC. Drake May, number two. Clemson's Cade Klubnik, number three. Duke's Riley Leonard, number four. NC State's Brennan Armstrong, number five. And beyond that, what, what you can't see on screen if you're watching is, is the rest of the conference. But uh, the next couple after that were Pitts, Phil Dracovic, uh coming over from Boston College at number six. Boston College's new quarterback, Emmett Moorhead at seven. Tyler Van Dyke of Miami at eight. Garrett Schrader of Syracuse at nine and on and on and on and on down the list. So here's some takeaways from this thing. Again, are you kidding me? How on earth? Is Drake May not number one on any ACC like power ranking of the top quarterbacks? It's just asinine to me. And so I just went looking all over the internet, like what, what are other people saying? Um, and so just found some other like ranking the ACC quarterbacks for this year list. And the majority of them thankfully do say Drake, although I found a good number. This is not the only list where I've seen Jordan Travis at the top. And hear me not slandering Jordan Travis at all. He's a great quarterback. Is I believe it's his fifth year at Florida State and uh, should, should continue to thrive under Mike Norvell. But if you're going to try to tell me that because of like, I, I don't even know what, that you're going to put him above Drake May, nah, I can't hear that noise at all. Um, maybe it's simply because Florida State is expected in the eyes of many to be a better team than North Carolina and so follows that that team's quarterback is your dude. But, I, I, and I understand that, but you've got to be able to separate who the best quarterback is 
from who you think the best team is. And, and we'll talk another day about where Carolina falls in the ACC power rankings ahead of the season. In fact, um, you know, I, I talked about earlier while I'm going to be gone on vacation next week, since we had ACC media days this week, I'm going to imagine that the, the all ACC voting and all that news will come out during next week. So we'll tackle that when I get back, but I'm really curious to see where all that falls. But but even still, if you're going to say, well, Florida State's going to be the top team in the ACC, so I'm taking Jordan Travis, I still can't allow that to be Jordan Travis over Drake May. That doesn't make sense. Also, no. <laughs> Perhaps you see this ranking because people have in mind the four-game losing streak to end the season last year. And they're like, oh, well, Drake May lost it down the stretch, and he's, he doesn't have it, so we can't put him there. Okay, I, I hear that. But that doesn't mean you don't vote him as the number one quarterback in the conference this year. Now, I, I am I clearly am talking, you hear me being like second place is the first loser. It's like that that kind of language. Like if you're not number one, who cares where you fall beyond that? Two to 14, it doesn't matter. And so maybe I'm not appreciating enough that my fellow conference hosts have Drake second. Like that, that's great. Because how often in the history of North Carolina have they been seen to have a top two quarterback in the conference? So I should be at some level grateful for that. But still, to me, this is just egregious to not have Drake May number one. And oh, by the way, remind me, who was the first team all ACC quarterback last year? It was Jordan Travis from Florida State, right? No, he was second team. Who was first team? Drake May. Give this man his flowers. He was number one last year. He's going to be number one again. So to my fellow ACC locked on hosts, I say boo to all of you. <laughs> um, and uh, really excited to see how this plays out. Also in this top five, really interesting to see that three of the top five ACC quarterbacks, again, as voted on by my comrades here at Locked On, are three of the four ACC schools. You got Riley Leonard from Duke at number four, and Brennan Armstrong, NC State, at five. I would honestly make an argument that Leonard should be above Cade Klubnik, um, that that Leonard should be three and Cade four. I mean, just the only time, I mean, we saw Klubnik up close and personal, and it was a show, but that's all it is, is that one game. So, and, and I'm nitpicking there at three or four. I, I think he's going to be great. So, anyway, yesterday on the show, I promised you a video from... Brian Smith, our again, our, our football recruiting insider here at Locked On, who had a chance to catch up recently with Jalen Thompson, who is a North Carolina defensive back commit from Orlando in the class of 2024. Brian has a personal relationship with, with him already, and so recorded about a minute-long video with Jalen checking in with him about why he chose North Carolina. Let's watch that right now. All right, Jalen, you decided on UNC, uh, the Tar Heels. Are you going to play any specific position for them, or are they going to move you around? They're going to move me around, but the original position that they recruited me for is free safety. Any particular reason that you like playing safety, or do you really care where you play? Um, it doesn't matter where I play. I just like to be all around the field, go from sideline to sideline, and make, play, make as many plays as I can. UNC, what was the reason that you decided to pick that school? It was the best fit for me academically. They break everything down for you, and... When I stepped on campus, it was like 
family and they treated me so well and it wasn't like any other schools that I've been to. So they felt like it was the best fit for me. What other schools were close in your recruitment? The other schools that were close and up there would be Pitt and UCF. All right. Thank you, sir. The first of two all-access episodes with UNC football aired yesterday on the ACC Network. Just a 30-minute thing. I want to break down and talk about some of the things we heard and saw on the show and uh, some things that I thought were neat or different or some bold proclamations. We'll look at all of that in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is also brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure that every player is just the right fit. It's the same thing when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit perfectly. So the next time you need parts and accessories, let me encourage you to head on over to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits fits exactly right the first time around. Just add your vehicle to my garage, look for that green check mark to know that the part will fit, or you will get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts with the right fit at the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay. Carolina, uh, all ACC All Access with Carolina football aired yesterday, Thursday afternoon. If you didn't catch it, I'm sure ACC will be re-airing it 8 million times throughout the month of August. So no problem to catch it. I, I just want to hit on, you know, I watched it and took some notes on things. As it went along, I'll just highlight a couple of those and then we will carry on um, wrapping up the show today. So the one of the first big things you heard Coach Brown talking about with Coach Chiz was essentially we ended last year at nine wins. No reason it should not have been double digits. So the question all offseason is how do we go from nine wins to ten wins? And I love that because how often do we look at just the little things that it takes to win or lose a game? Sorry, I just bumped the mic. It might've been really hot in your ears. And in Carolina's case, right? Like that, that razor's edge was so thin. I mean, you just think about like how easy should it have been for Carolina who had a 17 to nothing lead, I believe it was on Georgia Tech to win that game and get to that 10th win. And you still could have a three-game losing streak to NC State, although you shouldn't have done that either, and to Clemson and Oregon, but still have gotten the 10 wins. You wouldn't feel great because you had a three-game losing streak to end, and you lost to NC State for back-to-back years, but still you got to 10 wins. So what Coach Brown has been asking all offseason is what are the little minutia that we can do to go from good to great, to go from nine to 10, whatever it may be. And so he, he made put a big focus on everything that the Tar Heels are doing, how every rep matters, whether in the weight room, whether on the field, whether um, at, at just every single solitary moment. And listen, we all remember what it's like when, when we were 18 to 22, or maybe you're listening or watching, you are 18 to 22 or younger. Um, here's the thing. You just, I, I don't, for me, when I was that age, I don't think I fully appreciated 
all the detail I had to go into with everything I did in life for it to be the best version of itself, whether it was organization or creating systems or relationships or anything or athletics. Like, how do you pick up for me? I was a pitcher. How do I pick up another mile or two on my fastball? What are the little things I can do with hitting to get my bat in the, the strike zone path for longer time so that I have a better shot at making solid contact with the ball, any of that kind of stuff or whatever it may be. What are those things to take us from good to great? I, I love that focus. And I, I, I mean, the, obviously they're talking a great, you know, talking a great game The the coaching staff is the players and, and cannot wait to see all that work hopefully come to fruition. Something else that I really loved and I'm so grateful for with this coaching staff is the big focus on preparation for life after football. You heard quite a bit about that on the episode and early on the guys talk, you know, the the coaches talking about what we have to do to prepare these young men for for whatever's going to happen when the lights go off or or whatever phrase you want to use there. And I'm just so great. Like it, it's it just smacks of Dean Smith to me to not be just so focused on, on the athletic side of what we do, but to focus on how do we set you up and prepare you for a life that's not always going to include football. I mean, for some, they're going to go on and do great things football-wise and play for a long time, whether if it's in the NFL or in Canada or wherever or whatever it is. But for the majority of these young men, that will not be true. And so I'm glad that the coaching staff is leading them down the right path for that. For example, I love to see Cayman Rucker and Elijah Green off doing different things. Uh, I love to see the guys, um, uh, or Elijah and Cayman doing the ACC Unite tour, being in Washington D.C. Um, I, I love seeing the fellas down um, doing doing the trip with the business school. Man, just stuff like that is is just good and healthy life experience. So I love that they're getting a bigger and broader worldview than just football. Yes, we want them to, and they are and do focus on football, but it's got to be so much more than that. Now, let's talk about defense, because the, the offense, yes, there are some question marks. What about the line? What about the, the transfer receivers? Who's going to pop from the running backs? All of that. Sure, great, whatever. If, if the defense can't pull it together, it just doesn't matter. So from the defense, I love all the stuff I'm hearing, but it's, it's got to happen on the field, but they're saying and doing all the right things to prepare themselves for that. I, I loved what code defensive coordinator, Charlton Wharton, Charlton Warren said, excuse me. He said, quote, there's a storm brewing. I feel like all our guys quietly are going about their business at a higher clip than last year. Now, sometimes you, you, you just start to get to know what coaches are saying. Who's going to exaggerate a little bit. Who's going to blow it up more than it is. I have not known Charlton Warren to be that. Like I, feel like if if it's not operating at a higher clip, he's going to call it out and he's seen it and he knows. And so I, I, man, I feel like that's really good. Cedric Gray said, quote, this team is just playing a lot cleaner football on defense End quote year two under, he said year two under Chiz, everyone feels more comfortable. And so, I mean, it, you're hearing good things from the defense and like, Hearing, hearing the coaching staff talk about Cayman Rucker and what he's going to do this year. I love that he's been a little bit of an underappreciated, under-the-radar guy, but is finally getting all that he's due. Because for me, 
Cedric Gray and then Power Eccles is part B are the motor that keep this thing going. And that's great because they're they're the linebacking core. But, you know, we've we've seen issues on the line in front of them and obviously in the secondary behind them. But while Cedric is the motor of this defense, I'd call it, man, I really, really think Cayman Rucker is going to be the heart of it this year and the guy that his teammates don't want to let down. And, and I think with everything he's doing, he's going to be able to continue. Like um, we saw some film where they were just talking about Cayman Rucker di- diagnosing plays and, and how smart he is with that. And that man, hopefully there's just a trickle down or trickle side <laughs> um, effect that that has Co- coach Mac said, I saw more, more depth on defense than we've had in the previous four years we've been here. So things are definitely moving in the right direction, but again, it's great to talk about it. It's great to do it in the off season. It's great to do it in the spring. Like the majority of this footage was, it's great to do it in camp this month, starting next week on August 2nd, that would be Wednesday, I believe. But it's a whole nother thing to do it when the lights come on game week, South Carolina, college game day there, all that got to put it into action and you got to do it. And so, man, that, that's kind of where we're at. But I, I'm so excited for the season. I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, and maybe that's just because that's who I am. But, man, I love the Drake May, Tez Walker combination. I, I think that's going to be phenomenal. We've got the, the whole tight end quarterback. I mean, I, I just feel really good about it. And, and Mac Brown, he left it with this. He said, quote, these guys got there last year, but we didn't finish. So we have a very difficult schedule, probably the toughest schedule I've ever had as a head coach, but the guys know it and they're not afraid of it. I think this is a chance to be a really good team, end quote. So that that was the end of the show is Mac Brown saying those things and those words. I'm excited to see it. I hope that you are too. And we're just, just about a month away. It's hard to believe. Can't wait to see what happens. Got to take care of business against South Carolina. By the way, the Heels were at ACC kickoff on Thursday, represented there by Coach Mac Brown, by Drake May, by Cedric um, Gray. <laughs> that rhymes, May and Gray. That's fun. And then tight end John Copenhaver. Good stuff. Also, there is a second episode, by the way, of that All Access with Carolina football. And per Carolina's release on it, it says, quote, the second show of the two-part series will focus on the start of training camp and continue to give viewers a closer look at members of the Carolina football program. That edition will be an hour long, so double the length, and is tentatively scheduled to air August 24th. So keep your eyes peeled for that about a month from now. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. That's it for this week on Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks as always for tuning in, man. It's so fun to be all together. You can follow the show at twi- on Twitter at Locked on Heels. Follow me at Isaac Shade. If you would, go leave us a review, five stars, and why you love the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen or watch. You can email the show, LockedOnTarHeels, at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe on audio or video format. Smash the like button for those of you who watch and leave comments on your thoughts on the show today. Hey, it's always a great day to be at Tar Heel. Hope you have a phenomenal weekend. Again, I'm going to be traveling to Mexico, so I'm going to be having a phenomenal weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. But until then, peace. <laughs>